Welcome to episode 5 of Flop Stars. I'm Sam Murphy and as always I'm joined by Nick Kelly who's right here with me now. Hello Nick, how are you going? I'm fantastic, it's great to be here to I think balance out the mood from last week. You know we took a moment to reflect on an artist's passing and a legacy and this week we, we're going to take the mood up a little bit and we're going to enjoy ourselves with uh, one of the more... I don't want to say silly artists that we've covered on Flop Stars, but definitely one of the more chaotic pop stars of the current day, I would say. She's a little bit memed and joked about in the pop world, but she has many accolades and she has many good tunes to boot. So we are going to take on Rita Ora's second album, Phoenix, which is actually jam-packed with hits, did very well, picked up lots of streams and to my surprise today actually got a pretty good critical appraisal. So there's much to talk about, much to discuss. Rita Ora is in your country right now quarantining, which is not something she's been doing much lately. (laughs) It's not something she's become known for of late. Uh, I couldn't help myself. I had to go straight in there. Pandemic safety and 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 local hygiene. But yes, she is currently uh, in hotel quarantine as we as we talk uh, in Australia, getting ready to film the brand new season of The Voice in Australia as a judge for the first time. A very um, interesting judging choice, but one that will definitely um, you know, give the show a little bit of, st- of international star power in a year that was potentially going to throw uh, that international star power away. But yeah, you're right. This album, looking back on the track list, there are some smashes on here that were all over Australian radio and some that still continue to pop up on Australian radio. A list of collaborators that in 2018, when this came out, 2017, 18, there was this like new guard of pop producers that were working with pretty much everyone under the sun. Um, Andrew yeah. Watt being a a a particularly you know big name there but also you know lesser known people like Kashmir Cat and Easy Fun um were jumping into this record as well and and making it a really you know loud dance record essentially at times yeah and let's not forget that the period between this album and her first one was difficult for Rita because she had a lot of issues with Rock Nation uh eventually had to terminate her contract and Also, she'd, I believe, made quite a significant start on the second record with her then boyfriend of the time, Calvin Harris, who wrote and produced I Will Never Let You Down, which was a massive smash for Rita. Um, But obviously that fell apart and I guess the album got shelved. So instead of releasing music for a long time, she ended up becoming a bit of a personality Uh, and was judging on things like The X Factor and then eventually became a host of America's Next Top Model. So while she was kind of made a name for herself in music, she was was like basically being known as a television personality during this time. And I guess that's the kind of, that's when it started that people wondered what Rita Ora actually is and what she does. Is she a musician or is she a TV star? She started to make waves in the US as a celebrity rather than a musician and people really started to question who is this person and how did she get a start? Like, is she a Kardashian? Did she just pop out of nowhere? I think you are forgetting one very important uh, extracurricular activity in that she was the face of Rimmel London makeup uh, for a number of years (laughs) as well. Um, Yeah, I thought I'd left something behind. Yeah, and I'm sure we've definitely forgotten a few things. But you're right, it's interesting. Her celebrity status almost became one of... She was almost like a non-celebrity that was just constantly everywhere and was constantly on TV and was constantly visible, but no one actually knew who she was, what she was and, and what she stood for. You're totally right. Um, a podcast that, that I listen to quite religiously, Who Weekly, um, which is about yeah. everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't is their tagline. And they literally do a segment once a week called What's Rita Ora Up To? Because she's the ultimate Who celebrity. She's the ultimate 
person that you know exists but you just don't know what she is or who she is and she's constantly up to something but it's interesting it always comes back to music because that is her bread and butter and that is the kind of you know that is the kind of celebrity she she is she always comes back to the music side of it and when you look at this album she really did knuckle down on the music stuff for a little while and released some pretty big songs i mean the first single from the album was your song with buddy ed sheeran you know, and the, one of the most Ed Sheeran written songs, like you can hear Ed all over that song as well. Yeah. And you could hear it as Absolutely. an Ed song. Um, I think it may have been one of those ones that she that he wrote for Rihanna potentially. Um, there was a whole series of songs he wrote for Rihanna that ended up with other people, a bit yeah. like a Sia situation. Gave it a crack. Yeah, always gives yeah. it a crack. Yeah, it was it was interesting. She, she had to come back into the spotlight when she signed a new deal with Warner and then... Suddenly she was back making music. She had a great lineup of collaborators, was working with obviously people who were really kind of carving out a new sound for her and making sure that this comeback went well. And it was a long road for her. Like it didn't, your song did well, but it didn't like pop off the way that an Ed Sheeran single would. And so it was Mm. just these series of like releasing song after song and just gradually building her back up to where she was because her first album was massive, debuted at number one in the UK, had a couple of number one singles. By the time I Will Never Let You Down came out, she was the biggest pop star in the country, arguably. And so then you disappear and there starts to be some conversations around you being a flop. This album comes six years after her debut, which is absolutely wild that's crazy. in the pop world. Like, that's Rihanna time right now. So <laughs> it's it's wild to think about. And in my opinion, they did a good job getting her back to where she needed to be. Like a few good placements, few good singles on the Fifty Shades Freed soundtrack, um, just really getting her back out in the public eye. But at the same time, it's, the sound is all over the place. She's, <laughs> she's doing acoustic numbers. She's doing dance tracks. She's with Avicii. Then she's in the Fifty Shades Free with Liam Payne. Then she's got Cardi B on a track. I mean, like you, you, you get whiplash from watching where Rita was going at this point. And at the same time, she's doing just about every single body endorsement under the sun and (laughs) releasing a song in collaboration with um everyone's favorite musical collaborator absolute vodka (laughs) (laughs) and what is that song called again because it's got a very specific title that somehow manages to crowbar in the name of the vodka it's called proud and i think it's called proud or pride it um it's proud yeah didn't make it to the album surprisingly it was woeful. Um, but the interesting thing is, you know, in that particularly in that first half of this album, there's it's kind of wall-to-wall hits to an extent. Absolutely. There's Lonely Together with Avicii. There's your song. It kicks off with Anywhere, which is just a fantastic dance pop song. Um, and it's a very interesting one. Yeah. And there's a lot to be liked about this album. And, and I think, you know, the size of celebrity she was at that point and continues to be makes the way that this kind of went in the charts really fascinating i mean i'm just looking at some of these figures you popped in here like your song did top 10 in the uk not like that should have been a number one if you're sitting in a boardroom and you go we've got this perfect pop song written by ed sheeran a bit of a tropical vibe to it but not overdone not overcooked really catchy hook it should be a number one song if it's being released by rita aura anyway went to number two which is her best placing since 2014 um but the album only got to number 11 in the UK and number 15 in Australia, which is a fucking travesty. Yeah, which is crazy. It's crazy to think about because I I really think she did everything right in the lead up to this Mm. in terms of the songs that she released. But there were nine songs from the album released by the time that it actually dropped. So majority of the album had already been heard. I think it was more of a a scenario of like she was streaming really well and the individual songs were doing really well, but nobody was rushing out to buy Phoenix at the shops, which I think is Rita Ora has never established herself as an album artist at all. She sits more to me in like a um, Jess Glynn and Marie kind of category where people will jump on board for the single, but they don't stay. If the next single's not good, they kind of leave. And And I do think that's somewhat unfair when it comes to this album, Phoenix, because listening to it today, 
I've, I was up to like track 12 before I found a song that I really was like not interested by. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it tails off at the bangers. end, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 It tails off, but like it's not enough that I don't think that Rita, it just confuses me as to how Rita hasn't crossed over into like superstar status. And I guess I yeah. want to get into the joke side of it. And while people like to have a bit of a laugh at Rita and talk about her celebrity versus her musicianship because there's obviously a big disconnect and there's something not quite right that's not happening that should be happening because if you look at Rita on paper, she's perfect. She's got it. Like, she's got the look. (laughs) She's got the personality. She's really cool. She dresses great. Um, She's, like, makes obviously quite good musical choices, albeit she doesn't really have a sound of her own, I wouldn't say. So, like, why is she not firstly translating in the US and secondly not kind of solidifying herself as somebody who's going to have diehard ride-or-die fans? It's a conversation I have quite regularly about artists who just have the most important 1% of being a legacy-building artist. And that is... It's a combination of a sort of seriousness and taking your music seriously and yeah. and taking the art side of it seriously to the point where that becomes your bread and butter and your focus, um, but also just having that X Factor, pardon the yeah. pun, considering she was involved in X Factor for a little while. Um, and I think what Rita probably misses is Rita has been such a flexible entertainer uh-huh. over her career that she's been able to diversify into all of these different other disciplines. However, I think it may have been a case of striking while the iron's hot, diversifying too quickly, doing too many different disciplines all at once. And then when it actually comes back to the music, where you've got an opportunity to, if you pour your heart out into music, build an authentic fan base very quickly with diehard fans who will get you tattooed on them, buy the album and take it to number one. And I think there is a legion of artists who miss that moment. And I think you raised a great couple of examples in Jess Glynn and Anne-Marie who are perfect pop stars with remarkable voices, great songs, great personalities and great charisma. Um, I think Ray probably falls into that category for for someone who's kind of popped up in the last couple of years. Mabel's probably there. It seems to be an endemic thing amongst some of these, you know, UK solo female pop stars. And I don't know how you can fix it. I don't know what that extra 1% is beyond just focusing on the one thing you're good at and the one thing that you're known for. I think if you knuckle down and just do music and leave all the bullshit out, then that's how you build the legacy. I think it's really a question that only the Sexy Fish London could answer <laughs> as to why these these pop stars aren't being oh, let into the club. <laughs> I want to host a round table with Mabel, Anne-Marie, Jess Glynn, Ray and Rita Ora yeah. at Sexy Fish London yeah. discussing <laughs> what they're missing. I want to re out like a six part reality TV show where we prepare them to get into the Sexy Fish London. (laughs) There's like the manners episode, there's the makeover. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be called How to Make a Sexy Fish. (laughs) (laughs) I, I really. Obviously, I look at what do they have in common, those five female pop stars from the UK. Yeah. And the obvious thing is they're women and music is still a misogynist place that can't find room for more than one person who has a similarity to another person. Um, Despite the fact, you know, we'll send a million white men to number one because they wear a suit and have a big voice. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, is is it? But is it that? That's is that the whole responsibility? Is that the whole problem here, yeah. or is there something else going on and something else that they can actually control um, to to give themselves the 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 uniqueness um, to to be able to chart and to be able to create a legacy? I think there's a there's a different pop landscape in the UK, whereby mm. these artists kind of fall into this middle ground where. I'm going to call it like the rudimental feature middle ground where you will 
jump on a Sagala track or you'll jump on a rudimental track. And I think when you do that, there's kind of like a perceived inauthenticity. And I don't know if people believe that that's the music you really want to make. It's it's seen as generic, whether it is or it isn't. That's what it's perceived as. It's perceived as throwaway hits for radio. And then you move yep. on and you might never talk about that song again. And I think Rita falls into that category because not only does she feature on those kind of British dance tracks and does a great job usually, but she'll jump from trend to trend and sometimes it's not overly believable. So whereas Ariana, for example, or even say The Weeknd, like just just to not only make it about women, they'll stick to an era and they'll do it very cohesively and there'll be one sound. Rita will not do that and she will just hop on tracks and work with different producers and collaborate with different people until it resonates on the charts and then she'll move on to the next one. There's no real consistency. And it's honestly unbelievable that this album (laughs) runs somewhat cohesively because there's, I mean, the collaborator list from song to song is just wildly different. And I think sometimes it looks like she's chasing a hit rather than making the music she wants to make. And if somebody said to me, what music does Rita Ora like? I would have no fucking idea. No. And that's not about to change anytime soon because the brand new EP, Bang, which drops on Feb 12, so it will basically be audible by the time you're listening to this podcast, features the following four names. David Getter, the dance producer. Ayman Beck, the... Where's he from? Um, Kazakhstani um, dance producer. It features Is Gunner, he? the rapper. I think he's Kazakhstani. Hang on one sec. Or is that the other guy? Iman Beck... Because he's the guy who made Roses a, yeah. a smash. Uh, yeah, he's Kazakh. Um, he's only 19. It's pretty impressive. We've got Gunner, the rapper, and then we've got Kia, an Argentinian trap singer, all on the Rita Ora record. And See, th- this is the problem right there on that, like, yeah. on that lineup. It's all yeah. people that are popping off right now. And yeah. you've got like the South American thing. You've got yeah. the dance producer... And then you've got the US rapper that's doing well, that's streaming big numbers over here. Mm. Like this is going to be something that's going to last for six months and then it's going to be on to the next thing. She's not sticking on to anything that's staying around. And this song might be a banger and it might last. Like it might do well on the charts, but you're not going to remember it in two years time, I don't think. And that's exactly it. And we can tell that from just knowing who's on the record that it's not going to be able to create legacy. And from the way the record's positioned, it's not positioned as Rita on the front, it's positioned as all five of these people in the one sort of movie poster style thing. And you know what? It actually frustrates me a little bit. It's like there's no learnings that come out of an absolute flop of an album here. There's no learnings that that have come out. We're just going to go and do the same thing again, better 2021 version of it. And that's, that's just a frustrating thing to see certain pop stars do but yeah. certain pop stars with real potential and and really amazing char- charisma and ability yeah. um and yeah you're right the song like there is a high likelihood these will be great songs and these will be really fun songs yeah but that's not what she appears to be chasing here she doesn't appear to be chasing songs that will last the distance she appears to be chasing the moment and if she wants to do that that's fine but it's like you tried that three four years ago yeah and it it doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. What? It's the first time I've been frustrated on this podcast. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like annoyed. I'm just like, what the fuck? Got your knickers in a knot today. What are you doing? <laughs> yes. I, I wonder, because I, it's so weird. These episodes are so weird to do because you go, we're taking on these artists who sometimes we haven't thought of for months and then we go to their Spotify page and I generally listen through and like not only listen to the album that we're doing but go back on the other hits that they've got as well. And mm. Rita has so many hits. Like So many. It's not like her top 10 like most popular songs is it. Like it just keeps going and going. And a lot of those hits are on this album. I just wonder, yeah. like, if I can think of one that I would say is just, like, iconic. Like, people will hear it and they're like, that was Rita's moment. 
if I'm going to pick one song for that, I'm going to go to Anywhere, I think. Because Anywhere was the one time where I was like, she's flying right now. This sounds like completely right for her. True. I, I get that, but I don't reckon if you went to... 43 year old Jenny with five kids and said what song does Rita Ora do that she'd say anywhere no I don't you know? th- I don't think they were like I'm not saying it happened but I think if there was one it should be that one I would go back to to be honest I'd probably go back to how we do really yeah that still kind of stands up to me as Rita's moment I don't think anything from this album despite the like you know, how present it all was, yeah. um, felt like her song and her kind of defining moment. I still reckon that's how we do. But don't you think there was some genuine momentum behind Anywhere? Like the fact that it just stayed on the charts forever and it kept growing and kept growing and kept growing. Mm. I feel like there was something to it that wasn't that wasn't fully realised and I think it was impacted by the kind of chatter around Rita Ora's personality and like that people like to drag her down a little bit in pop communities. Yeah. But I think it was think the right, right lane I think for you're right her. There. Yeah. I think you're I think you're exactly right there. I think that was if there wasn't all this noise around her and if we were able to focus on the music with Rita, that would have been yeah, that would have been the song. That yeah. definitely felt like her. I want to yeah. say <laughs> when I was doing some research today, the song that popped up that I think is like maybe one of her worst songs. But when it came out, people were apparently singing its praises is Poison. I loved Poison. I hated it. I picked my poison and it's you. So many, so much of the press were like, this is Rita Ora's best song yet. It was great. It was great. But no, again, but it was a flash straight in the pan. after I Will Never Let You Down, which is like iconic yeah, in my point. mind. Such good a good point. song. Anyway, yeah. we're going to talk about all this because we've got a game coming up. Um, and what I am going to do is I want to put a Rita or a song up against a song that somebody who worked on that song also made. Oh, okay, got you. So the yeah. producer on the song or the co-writer yeah. on the song has worked on another track and we're going to put them together. Yeah, exactly. Like it. You got it. Like it. So the first one is your song. versus Don't Call Me Up by Mabel and the producer is Steve Mack who is just all over many big British songs. I mean, Shape of You is all we have to say with Steve Mack. He also wrote, um, he also co-wrote and produced uh, Lightning by The Wanted in 2011. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. did a just lot of, of like tracks. Westfield and not Westfield, <laughs> Westlife. Westfield! <laughs> <laughs> He produced the I'm Shopping like, Centre Westfield's debut album. <laughs> he did a lot of that early boy band stuff in the UK, yeah. And then, you know, really moved forward very quickly in that kind of 17, 18 time. Yeah. Um, and became one of the biggest producers in the world. Um, I Don't Call Me Up is a great song. Mabel falls into that trap for me in terms of the kind of pop star she is. Definitely and I also don't does. know if that song has lasted the distance. I think Don't Call Me Up probably falls into the Anywhere category um, of, you know, felt like a really great track at the time. She had some great momentum around her, but it didn't really get backed up. Mabel's fall, fall from grace was quite quick. You know, she what does do this all with Tiesto. What do you fall from grace? Well, she just didn't continue to be well, present. just give her some think. time to record something. Okay. She had a oh, well. hit last year. Yeah, but then she had, she put a song out with Tiesto that tanked. Yeah, and was just generally not good, and I just feel like I haven't heard from her oh, since. I might be wrong. She'll do something. You're else. right. Had that That's that album streams like massive numbers. Mabel had an album. Don't call me up. Was yeah, she had a full album. She had a full I saw album her live in concert. She was um Christ. She was. I mean, she she was there. Oh, she wore uh, oh, high expectations. Yes. Yeah, and she had don't call me up. She had mad love. Bad behaviour. Last year she had TikTok with um, Clean Bandit. Oh, yeah, good point. streaming quite well. So and Ring Ring with Jax Jones. She's okay, doing yeah, fine. Yeah. My apologies to 
I agree. My apologies to the Maybellians. She's doing fine, so you don't need to worry. About yeah. Her. No need to. Send Are we going to call that fan base mate? No, that's a good point. We're we going to call her fan base Maybellines. <laughs> we reckon about that. Um, anyway, your song versus Don't Call Me Up For me, it's going to be your song I think it was just a really excellently done pop song It wasn't overcooked yeah. um, n- Nice and simple Nice and lovely So let's go with your song It's a one for Rita I rarely replay songs they, These two songs have very different scenarios for me Rarely replay songs over and over But the first time your song came out Just over and over and over. There's yeah. something so sticky about the melody in that first verse, particularly. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's so simple, but just so well pulled off. And like when, um, like Eddie Boy was really on a on a roll of making those really kind of just simple but like really effective earworms. Um, but don't call me up. Didn't like it at first, and it just grew on me and grew on me and grew on me. And it was the song that I just kept putting on, like every time people were over or whatever, it just like kept coming back to me. I don't know what it what it is about it, but it's just oh, this is hard because I do. I know. It is a I dirty little thumper. You know what? Yeah. I think I'm gonna go. Don't call me up by Mabel because I'd are. still go off for it now. I love it. Yeah, true. It's a great De- song. But your slash, you can play a little too. bit of Devil's Advocate there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next one is Anywhere versus Let Me Go by Hayley Steinfeld. And the connection here is Alesso. Oh, yeah. Because Let Me Go was Hayley, Alesso, and was it Florida Georgia Line? It was like 27 people or something. I think it was Florida Georgia Line. It was a very big combination of people and a great song. Like, very, very catchy. Um... It was Alesso, Florida George Line, and Watt, of course. Watt. Like and- Andrew Watt's project. Yeah. I don't know why he had to be credited. So as I think he's actually he on, he's a connection here too, because he's on Anywhere as well, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, he would have been. Yeah. Yeah, it would have come out of that, that, that room, I think, that was Watt and a couple of others, maybe Ali Samposi. Um, I. Oh, this is hard. I really like Let Me Go. I think Florida Georgia Line maybe pull it down for me. And it feels yeah. like it was another one of those mishmash records of like just chucking anyone who was striking hot at the time together. Um, whereas I reckon Anywhere had a bit more identity to it. It was a little bit daring in terms of the way that drop sounded. Yeah. Um, and it was also just a really great song to sing along to and, and everything we've spoken about already to Anywhere's credit. So yeah, it's another Rita win for me. Yeah, Anywhere is so euphoric and su- such a moment I wasn't expecting from Rita. After your song, I was like, that was a good, that was a good bop. I don't know if she'll have another one in her. <laughs> and yeah. then Anywhere came and I was like, wow. It was like, I still think Anywhere is great and came at a time when maybe it wasn't the right sound for the radio, but I think maybe even now it would do much better. Um, Let Me Go by Hayley Steinfeld as most songs by Hayley Steinfeld I think is um, shit house (laughs) I think she absolutely falls into the Rita Ora, Mabel, Anne-Marie this little pool of artists we're creating Um, the (laughs) sexy fish pool so so I'm definitely going anywhere Hayley Steinfeld just hasn't had a moment for me unfortunately Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's I what I have that. to say about this. I feel like these are all these artists at the moment. We don't really have like strong feelings about, so it's hard to really like. Well, this is the problem. It's hard to create strong feelings about the sexy fish pool. Yeah, because I want an I, I want an identity. I want to yeah. know that if they ever invited me over for dinner and they were like, mm. "You can jump on the Bluetooth speaker." I want to know what I would play straight away and like what we would resonate 100%. on. And I don't know what we would because no. I just know that R- Rita Ora is not listening to Rudimental in her spare time, you know? No, she's not. And Hayley Steinfeld, I would dare say, who I've just had to, I've just corrected your spelling on the run. Sheet. Yeah, I noticed um, that. Steny Felt. <laughs> it was going to, it was going to do my OCD. In. Um, I like, you're not going to get to Hayley Steinfeld's house and she pours you a glass of Shiraz and you turn on an Alesso song or like an Alesso exactly. Tomorrowland yeah. mix. Or even Florida you know. Georgia Line. <laughs> Imagine. I reckon hey, I could go to her. Should we check on some what? And she'd be like, who? 
Who? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry? <laughs> oh, God. What's right. the next one? The next matchup maybe has an artist that we feel a little more passionately about. Let You Love mm. Me by Rita. Versus Blame It On Your Love by Charlie XCX. And the connection here is Finn Keen, who is also known as Easy Fun of the PC Music crew. Oh, mm. I didn't realise he was involved with Let You Love Me. Yeah, he was. Particular. He produced it alongside, I'm going to say what, but I'm not sure. That's really interesting. So I'd say that falls into the Steve Mack category of kind of simple, pretty basic bitch pop songs. It is pretty um, basic. I was surprised when it was like a PC music person on it. But it's always impressive when the PC crew do tame it down a little bit yeah and you know we spoke a little bit to that last week like they've got that ability to you know chameleon their way into mainstream pop rooms um i or this is actually a really difficult one i think just because let you love me is another very simple song but maybe not as simple and effective as your song i'm gonna go with blame it on your love because it's one of my favorite charlie songs yeah it's one of your favorites yeah wow yeah yeah, tra- um, Blame It On Your Love's hard for me to separate because obviously it's the track 10, like the, rem- I guess, remix of track 10 off Pop 2. And yeah. track 10 is my definitely my top three favourite Charlie songs. So it was hard to get used to, but it's definitely like, it's it's actually a really, really good pop song and it should have done much better. When people say yeah. that Charlie is like beyond mainstream radio now i think a song like this proves it's not necessarily true and also one of the few lizzo features of the year that lizzo was really popping off um yeah and i think a really like kind of a little bit of a useless lizzo feature but also like she sounds really fun and i like her laughing over it um yeah so blame it on your love is clearly the better song here but i don't think let you love me is terrible and also it's the one that did the best in australia off this album which is interesting to me because that is really it is the kind of thing where if you take Rita off it it would have still been a good song i don't think that's necessarily true of your song in anywhere because i think Rita brings a bit of charisma to both of them but this one in particular i think is the most vanilla, the one that you could have any of our sexy fish crew on. I'm, just, I'm obsessed with the sexy fish crew. It's so funny. <laughs> it needs yeah, to be a girl it's... group now, like the Young Divas. <laughs> Sometimes I struggle to really appreciate the um, the like the pitch songs, so the songs that were written with no kind of particular artist in mind yeah. that could have kind of gone to anyone. Sometimes I struggle to really appreciate those. And I feel like your song and Let You Love Me kind of fit into that category a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's another part of it. Yeah. What's our final one in Rita Ora Ora song by her producer? I just want to say to that point, have you heard the um, Camilla, Cabello, Camilla Cabello's version of Anyone by Justin Bieber leaked this week? Oh, fuck. No, I haven't. So that was a shock around. Really. Um, but much better than the Biebs version, I think. Are you joking? No, I think I she does quite a good song. job. I know that you I'll have a listen to it. hailed that song at the start of the year. Um, okay, one final. Of the great, one of the greats of the year. One of the year's best still singles. Still up? <laughs> it's still, it is. To be fair, there's been <laughs> shit all, so... Uh, True. <laughs> probably my number one song as well. Um, yes. Okay, for you, from the Fifty Shades Freed soundtrack... Featuring um, someone who can also go in the Sexy Fish crew, Liam Payne, versus Cool for the Summer by Demi Lovato. And the connection here is Ali Payami. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, from like the Max Martin crew. This actually might be the hardest of them all. Um, cool for the Summer is still like my favourite random, weird, hard pop yeah. Demi moment ever. Um her big bisexual anthem. Um, <laughs> like, obsessed. And P.S. Demi has a great new song out with Sam Fisher this week that's going to be the biggest song in the world. Um, okay, which that's would, not might... true that that's going to happen. But I agree with you that it's it's pretty good. I think it'll be top five US. I will bet you right now it's not Hold me on be. that. I don't reckon it's going to be top okay. 20. What are we betting? 
Um, a car. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're the only one who has a car, so I better go. I bet win. you a Kylie Minogue, a bottle of Kylie Minogue rosé. So if it doesn't hit okay. top five, I, buy, I I send one over to you. If it does if hit it top does. five, you have to pre-order me one at Dan Murphy's. Okay, I was going to say, because if I have to find a supplier here and then send it over to you, that's going to be a whole ordeal. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a whole whole ordeal. Okay, um, sure. Anyway, back it's to the deal. And we will cool, check up. We're going to check in on it every week. That's every a new week. segment now. So yeah. now these episodes will go for two hours. And that's You're US welcome. top five. But that, that's Billboard top five, by the way. Thank you very much. Yes, Billboard. not the Shazam viral chart or something like that. I'll find it. Yeah, because you know I'd find a way. Um, <laughs> so f- for me, like Cool for the Summer, like I still go back to that song and go, this was so fucking good and I wish Demi made more fun songs like this. But yeah. For You is a really fucking good song. How good and is it? I think it's so good. One of the great power ballads of that, so of good. that period. Wipes oh, the floor with, isn't it perfect. funny? If someone told you Taylor Swift and Zayn are doing a Fifty Shades song and then said that these two are doing a 50 shades song i would have said straight out i bet you everything i have that the taylor and zane one will be better not true and then they come out of the gates with for you it's just soaring and brilliant and their voices are so perfect together and that last chorus is just fucking epic pop music so so good yeah it's it's an easy And for those you, like blaring me. synths as well at the start. Oh. So grandiose. It's like, we're here. We're ready. <laughs> yeah. So I'm presuming it's going to be the same for you. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. <laughs> Great All right. Tracks. So I think we've kind fun. of touched on a bit where we wanted to go with this next part in terms of why, like, why is it not really, why do we not know Rita Ora's identity? Um, yeah, but I guess like zeroing in on this album more so because she didn't have an identity with the first album, but she managed to collect quite a few number ones off it. Yeah. What do you think changed in between the albums to the point where it felt like she was really like desperate for a hit rather than anticipating a hit, which is an interesting shift. And it's like the same kind of thing that happened with Katy Perry in between Prism and, um, witness in that it went from her trying for a hit rather than just expecting it i think we lose a bit of demand in that in that period in that six-year period i think a little bit of demand goes away for new music you've got to be an artist who there is a demand for your music and there is a constant fuck like it's got to be that rihanna level of expectation and hope And you can't deliver it when uh, when your fans want it. You need to deliver it after your fans want it, but still strike at the right time and at the least expected time. And I don't think she ever created that pandemonium around her at that point. Plus, she was very present all the time. She wasn't mm-hmm. hiding away, making music. She was constantly in the public eye in different capacities. And I think all of that together, and, and I think the big catalyst for it was having six years in between records and, and really not releasing any music and losing her identity as a musician um, that probably affected that. I would have liked to, I think, you know, if this album had come out maybe two years after, after the first one, um, you know, that would make a lot more sense to me and then yeah. create a really great kind of left field album around the time that Phoenix came out. But I, I think there's just a lack of hype and demand for Rita Ora music that was created and then a clear, you know, um, p- a clear push yeah. for a number one when she actually did come back. I want to see what she can do if she just, like, sets out to make an album with two collaborators. Like, what? And someone else like I, w- I reckon then you would really see what she wants to make not even if she has like writing or production credits but just if she's in like the room directing where it needs to go I think then totally. you get more of an idea of where she wants to go but I feel like just by putting so many people putting her with so many people like every time you're getting more of the collaborator than you're getting of Rita and she just keeps getting watered down. And I think that's the point. And you, we particularly like have met a a different time in pop music now where we are looking for some kind of perceived authenticity from 
our bigger stars when you think about like Billie Eilish and even Olivia Rodrigo and um, Ariana, all the ones that are at the top right now. There's kind of this idea that we know them in some sense, even though we may not know anything about them, but we tend to know that it's their sound. We have some kind of idea of what direction they're going to go in and we know what they would, what kind of artists they would, would affiliate with. Whereas I wouldn't be surprised if Rita Ora announced a collaboration with Andrea Bocelli tomorrow and also announced a collaboration with like, I don't know, Swedish house mafia. Like it's just, there's no, there's no limit to what she can do, which in one sense is liberating. And in another sense just makes you kind of like, I don't know, a voice down. And I think you're just a voice. Yeah, exactly. And on Phoenix, she is like very much so just a voice, but I do think it goes deeper than that. And I think there was kind of like people who were waiting for Rita to trip up during this period. And she she gave them what they wanted a few times. <laughs> the, the girls' d- dilemma, or not dilemma, oh, I don't know, what are you going to call it? Just shitstorm, basically. Shit show, yeah. So, like, she releases this song and apparently Rita Ora is bisexual, which... I don't think you should question if she says that, fair enough. But here's a song that's basically about getting drunk and hooking up with girls. At this point, the I Kissed a Girl Katie like I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry is already being looked back on unfavorably as using this kind of like like fake lesbianism bait almost (laughs) but then Rita just pushes straight ahead with it with three straight I think all three of them all three of the other artists are straight and I know for a fact this song had multiple artists that stepped on it that at one point I think Lil Pump was the feature on it the rap feature (laughs) like and this is the problem it's like about chasing who's popular at that time Rather yep. than going with who's actually right for the song. I mean, like, get Hayley Kiyoko and Kalani on the song. And then you've got a, a great song. Because Girls is, in my opinion, a good song. But it just fails yeah. from a lack of authenticity. Cardi B's verse and BB Rex's verse. Oh, my fucking God. Train Rex. <laughs> what, is, what, what was going through anyone's mind at that point? Is what I want to know. I remember that backlash. And I remember it coming thick and fast because it was a fucking mess. See, this is the thing where I feel like she doesn't... Sometimes she chases the success before she questions what the motive of it is. Like, if you can imagine that it's Rihanna with that song, yep. she'd be raising red flags left, right and centre. Whereas Rita yeah. would have been like, yep, BB's got a like, great radio smash at the moment. Cardi B is everywhere. Charlie's my friend. Let's go with it. Sounds great. And then... And that is the problem. That is the problem in a nutshell of yeah. this entire album and of this entire artist career is that it is just a grab for hits and there's yeah. never anything that's actually legacy building mm. about her and genuine and actually... You know, I, I think about all her young queer fans who would have heard... Particularly young women yeah. who would have heard girls... And I heard all these straight women kind of almost giggling about the idea of hooking up with a woman. Yeah, let's Um, just neck a bottle of wine and be a lesbian for the night. Sounds fun. It's insane. (laughs) I steal your chick, have her down with the scissor. Tonight I don't want a dog, I want a kitten. From Card... Thank you, Card. (laughs) The worst, Um, I think, is the BB. Um, I put the lion in the cage and then I lay with her ah! all night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. It's just... And that's the thing. Like, there was such an easy fix to this. And it only took... It only would have taken someone with a fucking bit of an emotional intelligence brain to go, hang on, this might not hit right. This might do the opposite of what you're trying to do with it. Let's have a look at the artists on the song. Let's have a look at who we can get to, you know, make it an authentic thing and actually let the message shine through. Um, yeah, I think that song can't be understated as being a, a a really good sort of metaphor for the rest of the album and the, the problem with Rita Ora. I think Girls did derail it as well. Like, mm. I think your song Anywhere, um, the For You, all did a really good job at building up this album. And maybe if she just 
announced it on anywhere and then dropped it, it would have been like great. But then girls happen. She tripped up like everyone wanted her to. And then the wheels just like fell off. And by the time the album was out, like the campaign was already basically over. Um, yeah. But she, like, you can't deny that she can just like, she's got a really big, big load of hits. I saw her at some um, like, RSL like club in Brisbane and was it the Eden's Hill Hotel? It was, yeah, I think it was that. Oh my god. And she just had a hit after hit after hit. And even like some of the songs that never got the hit treatment off this off this album, like I think it's um New Look just sound like they're just like such good hits. Yeah, I think it is <laughs> it is. It's New Look. Yeah, New, new look, look and yeah. Only Want You. Like, both just, like, if we're just going for a generic five out of five pop song, like, that's right there. And it seems Perfect. that the reviews from the album reflected this because she managed to get favourable reviews for from Clash, NME, The Independent, all gave it four out of five. NME called it endlessly fun, stuffed full of brilliantly left-field production and earworm choruses. Notice, like, the, the praise is all on the music and reader never comes into it. Um, yeah, it's on the production, isn't it? Metacritic user Kwagami said, This is a masterpiece. The first album I ever listened fully and it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Kwagami had never listened yes, to an Kwagami. album before this one. <laughs> and Rita brought Kwagami in. Rita brought yes, Kwagami, Kwagami in. Yeah. Holy shit, that's a brilliant comment. So I obviously agree. she's first speaking the right songs. Fully. But maybe she needs to step back for a minute and not have these big pop songs. Find something that you can't just... That you're going to praise for readers' involvement rather than just the song. 100%. I think that's where the problem is. And I hope this EP is just just a tiding over to an album that does that. However, my hopes are not high. <laughs> not high. Yes. If you can see me Rushed right now... I'm holding a pen like this as if I'm in a boardroom delivering my presentation about where Rita, why it's time for Rita Ora to make her ante. On an easel. <laughs> Just with, a, with a tie where the short bit's longer than the actual tie. We're so bloody... We're on now. our high horse all the time on this podcast. You know, we actually work for a label and we're in the boardroom and they'd be like, so we're thinking your song for Rita. We'd be like, yep, great. Sounds good. Love it. <laughs> Girls, good. pass it. Sounds approved. <laughs> yep. Are there any of them gay? No. Fantastic. That's what we want. Even better. Should we bring her out for Mardi Gras? <laughs> Oh, that's another thing we have to talk about. Rita Ora coming out on Mardi Gras night playing a show in Sydney, but not playing Mardi Gras, playing a separate show. That's right. Outside of the city, on the other side of the harbour, to a room of straight people. But like her, most of her Australian fan base is gays. And, oh. Well, maybe she was oh being God. like, straights, this is your night. Like... <laughs> Go have a few drinks at my show, get some Dutch courage up, and then just go out and become a homosexual for the yes, night. That's how girls, it's done. Girls, yeah. girls, put the lion in the cage and then play with her all night. Girls, girls, girls. Should we play a game? Let's do it. Welcome to Rita Oradora. <laughs> so this is this is um, a quote game, and you've got to guess whether the quote is from Rita Ora. Or if it's from popular children's entertainer <laughs> Dora the Explorer I was and hoping her friends it on her show. Great. This is a quotes game. Might be difficult at times. You never know what's going to come next. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Okay. First quote is, I'm often mistaken for Spanish or Latin descent. <laughs> Who said that? Rita Ora or Dora? <laughs> Who Isn't said Dora that? actually of Spanish descent? <laughs> well, she might often be mistaken for being of Spanish descent. This is the point of the question. I think Rita said that and I'm extremely <laughs> shocked. 
Correct, Rita Ora said that. I'm often mistaken for Spanish or Latin descent. I mean, the next question we've got on our run sheet is Ora's celebrity status is often joked about why. I think that quote just about answers it. Some of the quotes that I didn't put in here because they were too obvious from Rita are phenomenal. And I might even read them out later. Um, Louder. Who said that? Rita on this album? Did she shout louder at some point? Or is it something that Dora said? I think that was louder. the Black Eyed Peas on popular hit, Pump It. <laughs> Pump It. Louder. Um, louder. Um, I think Dora might have done that. I think it's too obvious for Rita. You are correct. Yes. I believe she says it when she's trying to get Swiper away. <laughs> the, the fox that steals shit. <laughs> and you have to go, Swiper, no, swiping. Swiper, no, swiping. She's like, louder. Swiper, no, swiping, etc. The that was third quite uncomfortable quote to listen to. <laughs> in Rita Oradora. Backpack, 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 backpack. I'm the backpack. Loaded up with things and knickknacks too. Anything that you might need, I've got inside for you. Backpack, backpack, backpack. I mean, backpack, it would not yeah. surprise me if someone convinced Rita Ora to sing that. <laughs> Not at all. But in this particular instance, is it Rita or is Rita or his new single fake Gunner called Backpack? <laughs> Backpack. <laughs> hey, Backpack was a good song on the Justin Bieber Journals album, remember? Oh, yeah. I, think I don't a, think I those think were the lyrics, but. No, they weren't. No. And so, okay, that Dora? was that was Dora. Or Aura. That was Dora. That was Dora. Congratulations. That's correct. Next quote in Rita Oradora. I love eating at my dad's pub, the Queen's Arms in Kilburn. He does a traditional Albanian spinach pie. <laughs> Rita Oradora. I'm interested as to what quotes you didn't put in because they were too obviously Rita Ora. <laughs> that was famous Albanian Rita Ora. That was famous Albanian Brit Rita Ora. Not to be mistaken for fellow Albanian Brit or Kosovan Brit, Dua Lipa. Yeah. Or, There's lots of famous Albanians now. Yeah. We've got Ava Max, crew. Dua, Ava Max, BB, Dua, BB, Rita. What a crew. Crew of wonderful women. Now, now, the next one. If there's a place you want to go, I'm the one you need to know. Was that a quote from a Rita Ora song? Or is it a quote from Dora? If there's a place you want to go, I'm the one you need to know. Sounds like it could be in anywhere. Oh, really? Okay. Now I think it's Dora the Explorer. I'm the one you need to know. If there's a place you want to go, I'm the one you need to know. I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map. How much Dora the Explorer do you watch? I watched a lot of it. My parents were very negligible. So yeah. <laughs> they were. Right. Can I just we'll make that really we'll clear? We'll unpack that next, <laughs> next episode. <laughs> no, that's what my therapy session's for on Thursday. Um, well, it I'll was Dora. Congratulations. Um, okay, cool. Two more, <laughs> two more to go in Rita Oradora. Two. Next quote. Two. What? Oh, what? Oh, Do you want more? Nice, uh, you can get more if you want. <laughs> Calm down. I have a few properties, some in the UK, some in the States, some in Kosovo. It's a nice little empire. I'm trying to create something so my family can be all right. Was that Rita Oradora? Oh, yes. The Dora series where she, she started an empire in Kosovo. <laughs> a tycoon. <laughs> Global property tycoon Dora. It's what it was when she grows up. Diego, Diego and her are going to a business partnership. A I Selling Sunset style series of Dora the Explorer <laughs> set in Kosovo. <laughs> that is oh, fuck. that was Rita. Correct, and the final one, correcto. Yeah. Who says correcto? No, that's the. I quote. thought you were telling correcto. me I was correct. No. Well. I think that sounds like something Dora would say, but I wouldn't write out Rita saying it at some point. No, just yelling it out for no apparent reason. Yeah. What are you, lo- what are you looking in here? Dora. Correct! Yes! 
Well done. That was a clean sweep from you, you mean in the correcto. great game Rita Oradora. Sorry, correcto. You're right. Can I read a couple of extra uh, Rita Ora quotes just yeah. for um, just for good measure? I'm a massive fragrance fan. <laughs> I think fragrance is part of someone's hygiene, and I'm a big believer in leaving an impression through scent. Rita Ora. She was definitely selling some kind of fragrance. <laughs> definitely, but it's been put here as like an inspirational quote. <laughs> I just love pretty things, whether it is art, a song, or a pair of shoes. Um, and then there's one that just says, I speak fluent Kosovan. Rita Ora. Does she? Like it's Probably. Mm. And then this is my favourite one. Eyebrows are really important because they structure the face. In school, it was funny because I was the one walking around with tweezers, plucking my friend's eyebrows. I was really good. Eyebrow tweezing runs in my family. My mother used to do mine and I picked it up. Rita Ora. Wait, I direct you to her single, her single cover for her upcoming single where her eyebrows are bleached and unrecognisable. <laughs> I used to run around the playground Literally Pitching my friend's no eyebrows, eyebrows. Just got a bottle <laughs> Her friends finally got their <laughs> revenge <laughs> What? Oh god Oh I... Rita Well Oh Rita I think like we're well, doing our fair that. share of joking about poor old Rita I've only I just realised I've got 13 minutes before I'm going to go Alright we're going to rush through this <laughs> I just want to know Do you think that Rita Ora is kind of joked about because she keeps falling into pit holes because I feel like when she got fined for having a 30th birthday party in a club that was directed to turn off the security cameras there was not much surprise there <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't very surprising I think Rita has a touch of the kind of go with the flow do what you want do what feels right at the time yeah. to her and I, I, you know, I respect that to an extent. I definitely have a bit of that in myself. Um, and, and there's no blueprint to this. There's no blueprint to this. There's no blueprint to what kind of pop star you have to be. You don't have to be a constant, you know, music pop star. You can do whatever you want. But I think yeah. that if she wants to be taken more seriously and she wants her musicianship to, to shine through and she'd prefer to do that... Um, and, you know, have that as the touchstone of her career, then then there is some sacrifice that needs to be made around the rest of her career. Yeah. But if that's not what she wants, you know, and she's happy to just jump on trends, have songs that last for six months and then stop doing anything and don't actually create an impact um, while she, you know, hosts The Voice or whatever, <laughs> then that's okay. But I just get the hint... I did get the feeling there's something that she she does want the music thing yeah. to be meaningful. I do too. And I think the music was always the reason she got into this. And I feel like it was very mm. genuine, her um, musicianship in the beginning. And I feel like that kind of label fuck up in the middle um, and yeah. just that period in between the two albums, she lost her way and was kind of forced into doing other things and becoming more of a celebrity than a musician. And I think it's muddied the waters a bit for her, but she yeah. can get back there. I don't know if she will, but she can try. I would imagine um, not having any more COVID parties would be a good start. <laughs> However, you can throw a club night here, apparently, um, with Diplo headlining where you play disgraced country star Morgan Wallen in the club. So anything's Did he play possible. Morgan Wallen in that set? Yes. Is he for fucking real? I Inexplicable oh, Celebrities dickers. They do the darndest things um, <laughs> <laughs> Alright I want to quickly take like you, <laughs> I want to quickly <laughs> take you through my game um, I'm going to ask you to bear with me Because I'm making this quite difficult for myself <laughs> So my game is called Take Me Anywhere So I've taken yep. a Popular reader or a lyric and I have translated it into various different languages. And I need you to tell me what the song is. Oh my God. This is going to really test you more than anything in it terms is. of your ability to read another languages. And I will say that I've made it a little bit easier in that you will definitely know the line. Like I haven't picked an obscure okay. lyric as I often And I've just got to, I've got to put it into the song. Okay, got you. So yeah. the first, Rita Ora is taking us to France. Je ne veux plus. 
entendre de chansons tristes. Why are you doing that voice? Why are you doing like a weird deep voice? Because <laughs> it's, it's French. French. Haven't you seen yeah, Emily in Paris? Yeah, but you don't talk like this when you do French voice. <laughs> Haven't you seen Emily in Paris? You mean Golden Globe nominated yes. hit series, Emily in Paris. Uh, can you repeat the line, please? Je ne veux plus entendre de chansons tristes. Again, you can move your lips when you're speaking French. I do, I've Entre. spent a considerable amount of time in France. Don't you tell me. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Okay, one more time, and I promise I'll talk about your voice. (laughs) French is the only language out of all the ones I've chosen here that I actually know some of, so it's not going to get better from here. I know some (laughs) French, but I don't say it with my teeth gritted together. (laughs) Okay. Je ne veux veux plus entendre de chansons tristes. Je ne veux plus entendre de chansons. Uh, so I'm just trying to work out if there's a word in there. Je ne, so I do not go. I I don't want to hear sad songs yes, anymore. Yes, you I'm got it. Loves. I got it. Ah! <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Yeah, it's your song. <laughs> yes. Okay, next oh. one. We are going to Spain with Rita. A veces solo quiero bisashika. Bisashika. Girls. Women. Girl. Is it girls? Yeah. You got it. But it what's is? the line? Um, Red wine. I just want to kiss girls. It is. I just want to kiss girls. Yeah. I just right. want to kiss girls. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I got it from Shika. Okay, for this one, Rita's taking us to Sweden. Land this is a great of... game, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Okay, you need to bear with me for this because I know nothing about Swedish um, pronunciation. Well, I'm one six... I don't know if you know, but I'm one sixteenth Swedish. I found out about three months ago. Okay. So I might be able to get right, this. Well, you can and help me. my last name on the 16th removed person is Larson. And I'm not joking. Is it? That makes me very... Yeah, I found out about three months ago. Wow. My nan who's just, just decided to start telling the family history, including that we're Swedish. Yeah, my grandma did that too. And then just like came up with this grand thing that we were like related to like Einstein in some way, but then it turned out it wasn't true. We're actually related to the first gay bush ranger who was um who was hanged eventually. I was gonna say who was hung, but that's irrelevant to the story. This has gone off the fucking rails as expected. Okay, you've gotta go soon. We've got so much to get through. I know. Okay, Uva Kalana Ok Langt Borta on Million Mifran Los Angeles. I thought that was LA. pretty good. LA. So Los Angeles. It says the words Los Angeles in it. Um, I'm going to say this is anywhere. Yeah. You're right. Yay! I know I've got to work the line out, don't I? Yeah. On million mil from LA. Um, a million miles from LA. Yeah. You're, You're great right. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the final one. Well hidden. Rita Ora is taking us to Germany. Oh, thank you. Ich wünscht, ich konnte dich mich lieben lassen. There's so much dick in in German. Ich, ich bin, it's, I've been, I've, ich bin is I am, isn't it? Lassen, lassen, oh... There's a lesson. Is it? I can try and sing it in the tune. <laughs> yeah, try and sing it in the tune, but in German. Ich wünsch dich kon, ich konnte dich mich lieben lassen. What the fuck was that? <laughs> 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 I 
That's what that sounded like. <laughs> Trying to work out what that song is. <laughs> it's Let You Love Me. Yeah. Let You right. Love Me? You're right. I wish that I could let you love me. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> I love that game! All right. Very quickly, I want you to give Phoenix a rating out of 10 and tell me your best and worst song. Considering it doesn't go bad until about track 10 and then it just kind of peters off a little bit to the boring boring side, I would give the album a seven and a half yeah. because it's really strong in the first um, sort of two thirds. Best song on the album is Anywhere, but with a very close um, appreciation of Lonely Together. I think that was one of Avicii's best uh, yeah. late life songs. Um, and and it's still, yeah, I still love listening to that. It's really f- quite a freeing dance song. So yeah, but Anywhere and a 7.5 from me. Great. Um, my worst song, I don't really know because they all blend into the anything from the last <laughs> five tracks on the album. Um, seven out of ten, and I'm going to give my best song to Anywhere as well, but I'm going to give a close runner-up to New Look. Big fan of that Yeah, song New Look's good. Yeah. But it doesn't quite stand up for me. Also, I realised I forgot to give my worst song, and I agree with you. It's just the last five as a one yeah. sort of... <laughs> number okay we'll go with do you have a flop of the week this week i do um i would like to see well actually no can you go first this week yeah so um i have been in light of her pre-super bowl performance been going mm. back on the miley album which is great by the way yes. and i think the next single she's going to go with is angels like you i think that that needs to do better or anything from that album needs to do better because i think that Miley deserves her time back on on top of the charts. Absolutely agree. Um, I'm going to go a little bit... um, I'm going to go alt, as I often do. Mm. Um, You need to hear Blue de Tiger. Her name is B-L-U-D-Tiger, D-E-T-I-G-E-R, like Blue of Tiger. Um, The song's called Vintage. It's just a massive, like, sort of... Ariel Rexshade style, you know, pop bop mm. with some, you know, reverb around it. And it's dreamy and very fun. Um, so definitely check out Blue to Tiger yeah. and make her chart. <laughs> and put the tiger in the cage and then... <laughs> put, and put the tiger, tiger in the cage. Don't want to... Probably want a kitty. Or whatever, however it goes. One more reader or a quote to close the podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> a steamer is like an inhaler. So you can inhale this oil or frankincense or eucalyptus. Before I go on stage, I spend half an hour taking in that steam and it saves my life. Rita Ora. <laughs> Truly the Gandhi of our generation. <laughs> Rate the podcast. We'll catch you next Thursday. Goodbye. Goodbye.